In this episode, we'll unpack the three shadows many men have with self-pleasure, porn, fantasies, and releasing guilt. Welcome to the podcast for men who are ready to lead their most expansive and courageous lives. Thank you for joining us on this adventure where we'll be questioning old paradigms and architecting new ways to live, laugh, and love. I'm Gareth Pickering. And I'm Matt Dazi. We believe that your story could contain the key that unlocks someone else's healing. So we connect with humans from all walks of life as they share their journeys from chaos to courage. So if you're ready to experience the ease and flow that come from living an expansive and well-crafted life, you're in the right place. This is the Call to Courage podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to episode six out of six in our Clear Relating mini-series. I'm Gareth Pickering and I'm joined by Matt Dazzy. How are you, brother? Doing great, my man. So jazzed to be getting into this final topic in the series, and we have left one of the most juicy topics till the end. And this is the second time we're recording this version because this topic is so gnarly and so beautiful that um, we decided that we were going to leave out certain parts of it because uh, this would end up being a two-hour-long episode. But I would like to jump straight in to recognizing the importance of self-pleasure as a practice for a man and for a woman as well, actually, as well as how important it is to be cultivating a healthy self-pleasuring practice, even when you're inside a committed partnership. So I'm going to dive right in and talk about one of the most challenging parts about a self-pleasuring practice is, first of all, most of us haven't been taught anything about self-pleasuring. The stuff that we've learned, we maybe got from the internet or we learned it from friends or other kids at school or it sort of just showed up in our life and in a world where the average age of our sexual conversation hovers in the early teens i think it's pretty clear that most of us can't have an open and adult conversation about a healthy self-pleasuring practice first of all for what it is but second of all realizing just some of the places where we fall into I would say bad habits with regards to self-pleasuring because we don't know any better. And I want to start off by talking about the labels that we use for our intimate practice with ourself. We, in the first few minutes of this podcast, have been talking about self-pleasuring. That wasn't a word that I used for masturbation or jerking off when I was growing up. I don't know about you, Matt. Yeah, no, I, I definitely called it jerking off. Yeah. So we have this this act that we that most men and women do as well, which is really a release. And for many of us, it's something that stays in the shadow. It's something that we hide away from our, our partners. If we're in a relationship, we definitely don't talk to our parents or siblings about it. And it's definitely not recognized for the beautiful act that it is. And so I think first of all is recognizing as babies in the womb, self-pleasuring is something that happens on an ongoing basis. It's pretty clear that pleasure is inherently part of the human experience. When you're born into a world that has got layers of sexual guilt and sexual shame around it, the moment a young person touches their genitals, it makes their parents feel really uncomfortable and they normally get a smack on the hand or ask not to do it. And then we just repeat the pattern of creating 
awkwardness around one of the most natural things that we have, which is which is self-pleasuring. So I think the first thing we need to talk about is recognizing that self-pleasuring is just that. It's coming into greater alignment with your own body and your own pleasure and letting go of any of the guilt and shame that we've been conditioned with with regards to exactly what this act is. So I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you any any indication from your parents or conversations around masturbation or, or self-pleasure when you were growing up, Matt? You know, it's amazing how we're just not taught that. We're not taught it. I, I learned about it in on the ride home from school. There was a kid in the carpool talking about it, and then I went home and tried it, and it worked. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. like that was it. And then I had an awkward conversation with my dad after I had fallen asleep watching a porn. So I they'd uh-huh. come home from like being out, and here's me laying on the couch uh, with a, a porn playing, and I'm snoring on the couch. And so the next day, my dad and I had the had the conversation, and yeah, we're not taught about this stuff. And as a result, I felt ashamed. I kept it in the shadows, and it stayed in the shadows really until my current partnership. So I think the the place to to move with this is like, what is the purpose of a healthy self pleasuring practice, and where do we give our power away in? using self-pleasure while engaging, first of all, by feeling guilty or ashamed of the practice up front. Secondly, using pornography to help us get off or to live a fantasy, either past or future-based fantasy in these moments of self-pleasure and why that is not necessarily aligned to the the actual practice of being self-pleasured. And I think the word there is self. For many of us, if we are engaging in masturbation while we are watching pornography or running a fantasy of our past lovers that we've been with or some fantasy of somebody that we still want to be with, when we do that, we're actually outsourcing our pleasure to the fantasy or the pornography that we're watching. And many of us don't know this. Like we don't, I didn't work, I didn't know that this was how it worked, but essentially most of us are completely unable to be self-activated when it comes to pleasure. So what that means is when I want to get aroused and I want to have an ejaculation or an orgasm, it's either up to the fantasy that I run in my head, it's up to the pornography that I choose to watch, or it's up to the lover that I connect with. It's their responsibility for me to get aroused and get turned on so that I can go through this dance. And that's actually... It's not really an act of self-responsibility if you're outsourcing your pleasure to any one of those um, fantasies, pornography, or your or your past lovers. And so, much like we spoke about in the episode before this with regards to authenticity, you're not authentically yourself if you don't arrive at your sexual connections with a healthy self-pleasuring practice, knowing that you can get yourself turned on without it being the responsibility of your partner or the porn that you're watching. So, that's that's one of the reasons. The second reason I think a healthy self-pleasuring practice is so important is many men want to have deeply transformational, meaningful lovemaking sessions. That's, I think this is true for me. I would like most of my lovemaking sessions to have been longer in the past. And in order to, the best analogy we have for this is this sprint and marathon analogy. We want to run a marathon in the bedroom. We'd love to last half an hour, an hour, two hours in a lovemaking session. But the practice or the training that we're doing is really doing the sprints because most of us have a lovemaking, uh, um, self, 
pleasuring practice or a masturbation practice that looks like a very quick practice that lasts two to three minutes with the goal of ejaculation being the end of it. And then we hope that when we go into lovemaking that it's somehow going to last longer, but we don't spend any time practicing this stuff. And so recognizing that you can cultivate understanding and rolling with your sexual energy through a healthy self-pleasuring practice is the way to improve your lovemaking so that you can last longer when you come to your lovemaking practice with your partner. Have you solved any of those challenges? Have you noticed that in your in your lovemaking practices, Matt? Well, I, I definitely have been outsourcing my pleasure around um, around fantasy. I've been doing a really good job in the past couple of years of eliminating porn. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, w- w- one of the things as, as you're talking, this comes up for me is if I don't have porn in front of me and I have eliminated the ability of, of recalling past love affairs or fantasies for the future, what am I thinking of? What's, what's in my head at that moment? What am I supposed to do? So there's two things here. That's a great question. I love it. Um, we don't know the stuff. We, we're basically going through life, as you said, finding whatever we can to get turned on. But really the act of self-pleasuring is an act of self-love. And in the context of partnership, when you're looking to cultivate partnership, the frame of this mini-series is cultivating partnership. Really, the recognition is that your soulmate is the one person that you're going to be with for your entire life. And for all of us, that's ourselves. And so to cultivate a deep love with ourselves first is the only way to be able to come into full alignment and to show up fully for our partnerships. And so recognizing the physical act of self-pleasuring as an act of self-love is really the starting point for this. And so I'm going to give you a practical example of what this could look like. And then I'm going to touch on something called sex magic as a way to be able to use these moments and conscious awareness to use pleasure to link to things that you're calling into your life. But really, the exercise for self-pleasure is to let go of any of what your current masturbation or self-pleasuring practice looks like. And so what I mean by that is that many of us have a very specific thing that we do. We know it feels good. We know how to drive our bodies in a way that gets us to the goal that we want. But very often that's being driven by our minds and not listening to our bodies. And so the invitation and the way to practice a healthy self-pleasuring practice is to gift yourself 20 minutes to give yourself the opportunity to explore your body through touch, through feeling, through awareness, and listening to what it is that your body wants. That can include gentle touch on various parts of your body. It can include some genital touch. It can include some genital stimulation. It can include whatever feels pleasurable for your body, but not dictated to by your mind, but more by listening to your body and recognizing what it is that your body wants so that you can feel the emotions in your body so that you can start to feel what makes you aroused and really recognize that and cultivate that in a practice that, as I said, it could include some genital touch. It could include ejaculation if that's part of it, but really going through this process of recognizing that you're with yourself as you're moving through your body, feeling what you're feeling, touching your body in a way that feels good for you and for your body, 
you're then not allowing your mind to run to fantasies or to past lovers, but to just genuinely be with yourself. And in many ways, it also becomes a meditation to notice what comes up in your mind at those moments as a way to recognize that you are genuinely just being with yourself. So I'm going to share this myself pleasuring practice. Mine is genuinely most often done after getting out the shower in the morning. I'm putting coconut oil on my body to hydrate my body. And I use that time looking at myself in the mirror and just giving myself a huge amount of love for my body, for the fact that I'm alive, for the fact that I'm healthy, touching myself as I'm putting cream on. I do move into some genital touch. I am practicing um, a journey of semen retention. So my self-pleasuring practice very often doesn't include ejaculation because I'm working on cultivating that marathon type um, experience that I want in my lovemaking by genuinely moving through these experiences in my self-pleasuring practice. So that's my self-pleasuring practice. Sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes. It depends on my time allocation. But in that time, I'm, I'm genuinely just being with myself and I'm not running any stories about anybody else. So does that make sense before I move into the... Yeah, yeah. And I love how you touched on... Sex magic stuff. Yeah, and I love how you touched on how it's almost like a meditation because you know, you, you find your mind start to wander to these fantasies and it's, it's a moment to, to bring yourself back to the present moment, to focus on the sensations that you're feeling and just, just be here as an observer while you're, you're running through that. I love that. Mm. So that's it. It's, it's the awareness that you have in that moment and cultivating that practice with yourself. Because when, when you're able to be self-activated, when you can love yourself enough to turn yourself on, it's no longer the responsibility of the porn, the fantasies, or even your partner to have to turn you on. You arrive at your lovemaking sessions and your match day, if you want to call it that, having trained and practiced yourself so that you can show up fully in, in that engagement. So that's, that's the first part of this. And it goes into a lot more depth. I mean, even the whole theory behind semen retention, which I just briefed over there is something we're going to talk about more on this podcast. For the sake of brevity, I want to move to the second piece of self-pleasuring, which is linked to something that you might have heard called sex magic. And for Matt and I, this process of understanding how our thoughts and our focused attention show up in reality as manifestation. Matt, do you want to give a high level on that? And then I can talk about how it's used in, in sex magic. Yes, yeah, this idea that your thoughts become things that where you put your awareness in your life um, starts to show up in the reality around you. So if you're calling in opportunities around your business and you do the work to um, identify and, and clear your baggage and, and call in those things, you'll, you'll see that in your world through this magic practice called manifestation. That's what we're focused on here. So... Exactly. With that recognition that the focused attention that you hold for long periods of time manifests as your reality, there is a powerful, powerful place to recognize that when it comes to the creative life force, there's probably nothing more miraculous than the ability to use our own life force to create another human being. Our sexual energy, the engagement in sex with our partner, that results in the creation of another human being has got to be one of the most, it's nothing short of a miracle what happens in that process, not even being a parent. I just think it's completely magical to recognize that in that powerful 
portal, that moment of creation, we have the ability to create another human being. As I started to understand just how strong that moment was, that moment of pleasure, that moment of release, the sexual energy that moves through you in that moment, through the lens that Matt shared now of recognizing if we're holding old fantasies, we're holding any guilt, or we're watching porn in that moment, we're essentially using that most focused and most precious creative life force on something that most of us don't actually care about. Like, I don't care for guilt. Most of us don't care for the porn that we're watching. And for many of us, the past relationships that we have, it's probably best left letting those go rather than rerunning old fantasies. The sacredness of this particular moment and this life force energy that we have can then be used to cultivate self-love through a self-love practice, but also to be able to hold intentions of things that we genuinely want to call into our life in those moments of going through self-pleasuring. And so that can look like, I will share this very openly, <laughs> my self-pleasuring practice at the moment, I am embodying and feeling what it feels like when the men's work that we're bringing into the world has got thousands of people resonating with our work and going out into the world. That for me feels like the type of attention that I want to bring to my sacred moments when I'm with myself. And when you move into lovemaking and you have the ability to be able to communicate this type of stuff with your partner, you can actually set the intentions of things that you and your partner want to call in together and hold those intentions in your lovemaking as a way to harness the sexual energy to speed up and really anchor in the process of manifestation. So that's that's really the, the second piece of why a healthy self-pleasuring practice and conscious awareness of what you focus your attention on combined with this powerful creative life force and your sexual energy is absolute dynamite when you line it up with the things that you're wanting to call into your life. So Matt, I know you're going to share how you've navigated actually practically installing this in your relationship, but I want to just tie one last bow on that. And that is recognizing if you don't have a healthy self-pleasuring practice, you're outsourcing your pleasure to porn or to past fantasies or to your lovers, or you're running old stories, you're really leaking energy to things that you don't actually want to call into your life. And so even when you're in partnership, it's really important to make sure that you maintain a healthy self-pleasuring practice. But that's not always easy because there's a very good chance you could take this idea to your partner and she could catch you self-pleasuring and feel like you're maybe cheating on her or that she doesn't feel that she can meet you in some way. So Matt, how do you see that you can bring this conversation into your relationship and frame it as the gift that it is to your partnership? Well, first of all, it's essential. It's essential that you have a conversation with your partner about your self-pleasure practice, because the more that you hide it, the, the, the further you go in the, the direction that you don't want to go. So having a conversation with your partner is essential and you frame it by saying, Hey, can we drop in and have a conversation around self-pleasure? You're going to take it right out of the shadow and put it on the table. And one of the things that comes up in this conversation is an articulation of the role it plays in yourself, in your self-confidence and your ability to show up to love making the way that you want to be, as well as being able to support the partnership in a way that mm -hmm. your sexual connection is healthy, your communication is healthy, and that 
there's alignment in the two of you uh, calling each other out and pulling each other to better, healthier versions of each other. And so I think the way that conversation goes is you you make it clear that self-pleasure is an important part of both this relationship and your individual uh, practice. And mm -hmm. you ask for it to be, um, I don't want to say aloud, Gareth, what's the word? You ask that it be out in the open. You, you ask that it be out of the shadow. Like for example, when exactly. I'm, I'm going to go uh, have a moment to self-pleasure, I let Aitana know, hey, I'm going to go self-pleasure. So I'd like some privacy or maybe there's an invite to come join me. Um, but there's, there's that piece of it becomes part of the conversation. It's not, it's not me going into the other room, uh, self-pleasuring and, and being worried if she's going to come in and, you know, maybe be made fun of or whatever the, the story that I might hold connected to the shame of masturbation from my youth clearing all that out so that we have a supportive place to have these conversations and to for you to be able to go and and do your self-pleasure practice in a wholesome welcoming supportive environment essential it's exactly what you said there this needs to be positioned as a gift to the relationship my self-pleasuring practice is a gift to myself and when i show up more fully i'm also showing up more fully in my relationship and once you can articulate that to your partner and they, it needs to be received, you can get to a place where you can genuinely have it out in the open, as Matt said, and use it as a, as a tool to support yourself and to support your own lovemaking and the deepening of your own partnership. So, yeah, Matt, thank you for sharing that. And I'm, yeah, grateful that you have this practice anchored in, in your life and um, that you and Artana are using it. And also, one more piece on the tail end of that is the invite for her to express her practice and for you to better understand how she gets in touch with her own body and to encourage mm -hmm. the safety and the support and the environment necessary for that practice to also grow and flourish and be a healthy part of your relating dynamic. And to make space for her to do it. Such a good exactly. point. Thank you. Nice one. Such a juicy topic. Um, we could spend a lot more time unpacking this and we will be doing that inside the Clear Relating program. Clear Relating is a six-week training container for men that starts on the 13th of March in 2023. You may be consuming this podcast after that. Um, it's still going to be valuable for you to work through all six episodes of the Clear Relating mini-series. Go through all the various tools and techniques that we've taught you here in this, uh, in this series as a way to be able to support you through all three phases of a relationship. Many of us don't even realize that relationships go through phases and we just sort of fall from one relationship into the next without recognizing that if we don't do some of the decluttering and integrate some of the lessons from our past relationships that they are likely to repeat with different people but similar themes in our new relationships. So if you're interested in finding out more about our six-week training container, this container happens to be for men only, and um, we will supply some details to that in the show notes for this podcast. For the rest, it's been an honor going on this journey with you. I appreciate you taking the time to work through this, and we would love to hear some of your thoughts on what you think about this podcast. If you've been consuming it, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and drop in and uh, and share what you learn from this podcast. And if you think it would resonate with other people in your life, please feel free to share it with them. I know 
we haven't dived very deeply into some of these topics and there's lots of layers that are built on top of specifically some of the sexual stuff. Um, as we start to dive deeper into this, it really does feel so liberating to be able to get rid of some of these old stories and to be able to move freely in our partnerships without any of the guilt and shame that we have around, around intimacy. So appreciate you listening to this, Matt. Thank you for your input, brother. It's been such a wicked journey being on this, uh, this path with you. I know what we've shared in these six episodes is probably hundreds of hours of personal development retreats and unpacking and sharing books and knowledge. And uh, I appreciate what you've brought to this co-creation, bro. Man, it's been a full trip. I go back and listen to some of these episodes and I'm just like, wow, the, the version of me from 10 years ago would never say any of this shit out in the open. And it feels great. And I wish the version of me from 10 years ago knew this stuff because some of the communication frameworks, the radical honesty stuff, self-pleasuring, it would have made a lot of my previous relationships flow a little bit easier had I had some of these tools. Absolutely. Thanks for checking out this mini series. It's been a pleasure creating it for you and we'll see you soon. Much love.